Welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations podcast, building trust and accountability in remote and virtual teams. I'm Melody Rawlings, and today our guest is Veronica Hill, founder and CEO of The Leadership Consultant. Welcome, Veronica, and thanks so much for your time and coming to chat with us about trust and accountability in virtual and remote teams. Thanks so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing. Great. Um, in the last few episodes, we've been talking about presence and communication in the virtual workplace, but today we're going to shift focus to discuss the importance of trust and accountability and some ways leaders can build these two foundational necessities. So let's begin with why trust and accountability are necessary. Yeah, so trust and accountability are cornerstone to business and life. And so it's essentially the human side of business that requires relationships or relational capital, as we like to refer to it. And so businesses rise and fall on the quality of their relationships. And these relationships reflect the unavoidable emotional aspect. And that's that it influences decisions and it drives behavior. And so trust and accountability from leaders sets the tone for optimal performance, both personally and professionally. So you can't build trust without interpersonal skills, which is why emotional intelligence is so important. And so accountability doesn't work unless employees feel they can trust their leaders and managers. And so business and life, they demand growth, and that growth comes from discomfort, and that discomfort comes from soliciting input and feedback. Um, This requires effective leadership and communication. It's uh, to create a culture of ongoing learning and one where employees feel a sense of belonging. So essentially, when you think of remote and virtual climates, leaders and managers have to rely on their teams to take ownership, responsibility, and autonomy in their work, uh, which is while we typically rely on interpersonal trust, um, this is based on personal relationships, virtual and remote teams have to rely more heavily on task-based trust. And this is the belief that team members are going to do their job. Task-based trust, however, still requires a relational framework and structure based in developing personal relationships. So kind of to tie that back around, the emotional aspect and the emotional intelligence part component of this is that uh, it's emotional and social competencies. It's a set of skills that you can develop so that way you can cope with challenges. You're able to make effective decisions. You can manage your emotions to and, and also learn to read the emotions of your team to make those effective decisions and to better uh, counter uh, and better handle uh, difficult challenges and situations. Great. So I'm hearing you say there's a relationship between trust and accountability. So it seems that any article or study I read about remote and virtual teams, the words trust and accountability are reoccurring themes. So you mentioned emotional intelligence. That's one of my favorite topics. Um, Could you just share with our listeners what emotional intelligence or EI means? Absolutely. So it's a set of skills that can be developed. It's emotional and social competencies in the areas of things like self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal skills, decision-making, 
stress management. Um, and so there's various different, uh, uh, different styles of emotional intelligence or intensities. Uh, but for, for in the greater scheme of things, essentially, it helps you to have social and relationship awareness, self-awareness, uh, and then also relationship management. And of course, that would definitely tie into trust and accountability. For sure. And I think EI is ever so much more more important in the virtual setting. Uh, and as you pointed out, EI plays a pivotal role in building the trust uh, that's needed for effective teamwork. So can you share with us how leaders and managers build trust? Absolutely. I think uh, if <laughs> to listeners, if you hear nothing else, I think the most important thing to remember is that this is essentially showing up consistently in your micro actions. And so it's showing a concerted effort uh, of care, that you care for your team. And the way that you do this is by transparency and over-communication. You know, transparency breeds trust. And so the way to do this is by encouraging your team members to communicate openly and honestly, model positive behaviors, implement a communication plan for team interactions. Um, you want to make sure that you're accessible and responsive. I like to call it an open ear and an open door policy. Um, but also to especially, you know, being in this kind of remote and virtual world, uh, that could, you know, effective communication, you want to make sure that you're using brevity and clarity. So that way, you know, it's focused communication. Also, uh, you can leverage online tools and platforms that are specific specifically geared toward encouraging social activity, you know, among your team members. So that way they can become acquainted and learn more about each other. Uh, another thing you can do is intentional and consistent one-on-ones that include, you know, the work-life integration. You know, this is such a different world that we live in. So, you know, that concerted effort in showing up and checking in, but, you know, leave, making sure that you're making room for uh, the personal aspect, asking them, uh, pers- you know, about themselves personally, in addition to work-related issues, cultivating curiosity, you know, asking those open-ended questions listening authentically, and also expressing empathy. And uh, one of the most important things that I have found especially is that you want to make sure that your team is structurally empowered. You know, do they have access to information, resources, communication, and encouragement and empowerment to get their jobs done successfully? Um, Also, too, inclusive decision making, you know, just because we're in a remote and virtual world uh, doesn't excuse the fact that this is still something that needs to happen. And so you can achieve greater trust and buy in credibility and commitment, um, you know, and accountability when everyone is involved in the decision making process, you know, build relationships. And employees, uh, building relationships with your employees, uh, so that way you're more open to receiving criticism and feedback. You know, it it invokes a sense of belonging and it increases collaboration, creativity, and uh, and innovation. And also, too, one thing to point out is that you want to make sure that when you're building trust, the reason that you're taking these micro actions is so that way when it's time to, you know, solicit input and give that feedback and that constructive criticism that is so necessary to growth uh, in in the workplace is that you're kind of, you know, preparing the hearts of your employees to 
receive the hard things that they need to hear because you've already, you know, acknowledged and you've recognized the positive aspects, you know, of what they're doing. Um, and kind of just to give a, a few more ideas on how that leaders and managers can build trust, um, flexibility, you know, that's one of the most important things we need right now. And, you know, flexibility doesn't mean, uh, or excuse me, it means, you know, allowing your team to get the work done, meet them where they are, you know, and this again is where emotional intelligence will come in because you're, you're better able to support them, encourage them and motivate them if you yourself are coming from an emotionally healthy place. Um, also, you want to provide opportunities for growth and development, you know, for your team. There's nothing more, uh, you know, there's nothing like being able to uh, be recognized uh, with opportunities for a job well done, you know, that people have seen your potential. And um, lastly, and one of the most important things is psychological safety. You know, you want to make sure that you are making others feel safe to contribute. This is essentially when employees believe they're free to speak up, express concerns, make mistakes, or take risks without the fear of judgment, punishment, or humiliation. So when you're creating a learning environment where you as leader and coach, um, you're providing feedback that's actionable. And then also you want to make sure this is also invoking vulnerability. Uh, a great way to do this is self-deprecating humor, you know, um, also to, again, cultivating that curiosity, having a genuine care for your team, effective communication, you know, the art of listening. And most people kind of, uh, many people, I won't say most, um, but I found in my own experience and what I do is that, you know, the art of listening is what I like to call it, but it's really to build understanding. That's the sole purpose of, of listening is to build understanding. And the way to do that is cultivating curiosity and asking questions. Those are great recommendations and examples uh, for ways that virtual leaders and managers can build trust. And two that especially jumped out to me was the autonomy to get the work done and inclusive decision making. So right now I have a couple of close friends who are, like most people, uh, tra have been transitioned to the remote workplace. And they're experiencing some micromanagement by their manager, uh, as well as being excluded from key decisions uh, being made in their departments. So uh, they, they feel very isolated. And I've encouraged them to talk with their manager about their feelings, but they are reluctant because, um, as you mentioned, fear of reprisal. So what are some signs uh, virtual leaders and managers should look for that indicate that there may be a low trust culture among their team? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And so I think, before, you know, kind of to preface what I'm about to see, the the list of things, the signs, potential signs, I think it's important for employees who may be in the position uh, like your, your friends. Um, you know, sometimes uh, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make it right. Uh, but if you approach the situation with an understanding that sometimes and very often uh, those uh, leaders and managers who who uh, engage in micromanagement and kind of, you know, negative things are often projecting their own insecurity. So they're often, that's often a reflection of what they are experiencing in the workplace as well, maybe from their own managers and leaders. Um, so again, that doesn't make it right or, uh, but it's, it's, it can kind of help you mentally uh, to see the bigger picture and maybe not take it so personally. But in terms of low trust cultures, um, you know, there's a lot of individual 
individualism among the team where people are maybe resistant toward collaboration. Um, there's lots of silos that develop among subgroups, you know, kind of uh, the old term we would say is cliques and groups, you know, just because we've gone remote and virtual, you know, that's still a thing. Also, a lack of transparency, which is, you know, what you mentioned, when there's a lack of transparency, people tend to feel isolated and they don't feel involved or included. And when that happens, you know, you're breaking trust instantly. Also, too, as you mentioned, micromanagement, um, which can lead to unresolved conflicts, you know, just a pervasive negativity. Uh, You know, these teams, uh, you know, they, they translate through the screen. So there's a vibe and an energy that you can feel. Um, and that's a sign. Also, low levels of productivity, missed deadlines, or maybe an increase of errors. Um, and also, too, it's it's worth noting that, uh, you know, transitioning to a remote or virtual um, environment, uh, it's important to understand that that doesn't create culture issues. Um, it simply illuminates things that were more than likely already present. So that's something something to think, think about because these things don't just happen overnight. Uh, so, but yeah, those are a, a, a couple of uh, telltale signs of low trust cultures. So that's a great point that you made about leaders uh, feeling insecure and that may result in micromanagement. And I think if uh, team members have that understanding, uh, if, if I guess if team members and leaders can see things from each other's perspective, I think it does help to uh, give, provide understanding and uh, from, bo- from both directions. And so, and those are helpful signs that leaders can watch for. And I think that that's something that they need to be really intentional about, or at least from, from my experience. Uh, So if leaders see one or more of the signs present in their teams, what do you recommend that they can start doing today to build trust and accountability? Absolutely. This is something that is going to take time and it's going to take consistency. But I think one of the most important things that you can do today, again, I mentioned when we first started that there's micro actions, um, but really Here's where you have a phenomenal opportunity to innovate, think outside the box. So, you know, how can I go the extra mile today? You know, a lot of people kind of poo-poo those things like, you know, uh, buying donuts for the office and that that's not what it's about. That's not what culture is about. It's not. But in the same, you know, in that same vein, when you make a concerted effort, especially in a remote and virtual world, people get the sense that, wow, they 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 exist exerted that they took the extra mile and they went, you know, they, they took the extra effort. And so while we can't, um, you know, deliver things to the, uh, you know, ourselves in the office, maybe, how about you deliver some lunch to your team? What if, you know, you delivered coffee and, you know, things like that. Those, those little things do matter. Um, also too, what I mentioned it before, but I want to expound on it just a little bit. You know, when I said empathy, there are really simple things that you can do to express that simply by saying things like, I see you, I hear you, I understand, I know it's hard. How can I better support you? You know, it's okay. Leaders and managers have to understand that they don't always have to know the answer. And so in those moments where they don't know or they feel like they can't connect with, uh, you know, their employees or their teams, here are some great ways to say, you know, 
I don't know what, you know, what you're going through, but I understand, you know, we're in this together. Um, so that's kind of where you can invoke empathy on a smaller scale every day. Just start to add those phrases into your vocabulary and practice using them if it doesn't come naturally. Also, again, going back to emotional intelligence, you know, to become a better communicator, better listener, a conversationalist, you know, all of this starts with you as, uh, as leader and manager. Also, creating a sense of belonging is one of the most crucial things um, you can do for your team and your culture right away. Again, this means you're showing up consistently, honestly, authentically, and vulnerably. You want to make sure that you're empowering all voices by creating an open and collaborative environment. You want to make sure you're listening to build understanding, not just to respond. Owning your impact on others, again, you will never be able to understand what this means without emotional intelligence, but it's essentially learning to be intentional in the way you show up, in your attitude, your presence, your energy. Again, this communicates through the screen. So just because you're at, at home, uh, this that doesn't excuse you from uh, these intentional actions you can be taking every day. Also, you want to navigate your awareness of your blind spots. And essentially, this means soliciting input and feedback on the potential blind spots that you as leader have that could be keeping you from being able to better lead and connect effectively. Also, you know, growing your perspective. This means, you know, taking that, uh, the approach that there's always room for improvement, you know, getting comfortable with not being the smartest in the room. Again, this can go back to empowering your team and encouraging them. And, uh, you know, this again, it requires emotional intelligence because you have to be empathetic, you know, uh, humble, vulnerable. And unless you are emotionally intelligent, you won't understand how to, uh, exert those skills. Also, too, a, a, a kind of a, a strategic thing that you can do is integrate a framework. Jonathan Raymond has this thing that he calls the accountability dial. And this is essentially creating a structure and flow uh, for mapping out communication, expectations, and boundaries. And he there's five parts of his uh, accountability dial. And essentially, um, the first one is mention. So if you, uh, if you notice something worth calling attention to, point it out. Um, the next step would be, uh, and again, this is in reference to holding, this is assuming that you're building trust. This is the opposite side. This is, you know, okay, what do you do once you build trust? How do you keep, uh, how do you uh, maintain accountability uh, for, you know, when you are empowering uh, your team to be autonomous? But um, so as I mentioned, the first one is mentioned, pointing out something that you've noticed. Next would be an invitation, you know, calling attention to specific instances of maybe problematic behavior. Next is a conversation, you know, one-on-one -on -one to check in and dig deeper and maybe see what, it, you know, what the root problem is. Um, and also, too, an important part of that is you want to make sure that you're informing that employee who is demonstrating maybe some problematic behavior, you know, the impact that their behavior is having on others. You know, you want to connect the dots for them. Uh, also, uh, next would be boundaries. You know, you're introducing a consequence. And then lastly, you know, is just that final warning, because sometimes, you know, people, they just aren't coachable and they're not willing to learn and change. And so that's something that when you get to that place, you have to make a decision, you know, what the next move is, uh, what the next move is. 
those are great tips that, and what's great, so great about them is they can begin to practice these immediately. So, you know, why put it, you don't have to put something off to build this, what might be a plan or, uh, of course, you know, plan, having a plan is important, but it's also, be, it's also important to begin practicing these things today. So the great thing about emotional intelligence, as you mentioned earlier, is it, it's a skill that can be learned and improved. And I also appreciate what you mentioned uh, about the framework and the use of integrating a framework as a roadmap to help guide effective actions. So as a virtual leader manager begins to implement the practices, um, it helps to know what they might expect. So would you share with us what they might, the impact that they might expect if they implement these things on trust and accountability? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, again, when you uh, take this in the grand scheme of things, the most important thing to remember um, is that business is relational. And so everything hinges on how you make others feel. And that is essentially the impact of trust and accountability. And so, um, you know, business, like I said, it's relational. And without trust, you have nothing. Leadership directly influences employee well-being, their performance, their productivity, and satisfaction. So trust creates a culture that acknowledges, values, empowers, supports, and encourages your team effectively. And accountability essentially just bolsters trust. And so this directly impacts the emotional well-being of individuals, as well as the overall health and success of the organization. It influences its bottom line, long-term sustainability, and competitive advantage. And so emotional intelligence is key here because emotions influence our experiences, they shape our behavior, and they drive decisions. So if we can't master the emotional aspects of our lives, it interferes with our ability to lead, connect with, and influence others to build trust. And so when you combine emotional intelligence and leadership, you're creating a culture that prioritizes people over profit and relationships above results. And because business is relational, whenever you prioritize the emotional aspect, you're always going to yield far greater returns. And so if emotional intelligence remains undeveloped, leaders are ill-equipped in their capacity to build trust, and they wind up creating toxic cultures. So where toxicity, it breeds toxicity, and because there's no trust and effectively no accountability. And so the key here is intentionality. That is so true. And, you know, trust is so difficult to gain, but it's so easily broken. And, um, and so everything that you've shared here is just very beneficial, I believe, for our listeners. And I know it was for me. So Veronica, thank you so much for all the insight and information that you have shared with us. And are there any additional tips or advice that you would leave with us today regarding uh, building trust and accountability in the virtual workplace? Yeah. So I think the most important thing that I would leave listeners with is the importance of prioritizing relationships. So regardless of industry, I think the most important thing that you can do as a leader and manager is to prioritize and invest in uh, building and establishing mutually beneficial relationships, which will then create the trust that you're looking for. That's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us in support of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations. We truly appreciate your insights and the great practices you've shared, which I'm sure will be helpful to our listeners.